Welcome, everybody, to the latest edition of Club Fantasy's No Punt Intended. I'm hosting today, Josh Hudson. No Ryan, no Joe, some unfortunate circumstances, but it's okay. Because if there was ever two people to fill in and guest on this show, it's tonight. We have from Matthew Berry's Fantasy Life, Mr. Jake Trovich, filling in for Mr. Ryan Weiss. And of course, the guest of honor tonight, so incredibly excited, the always amazing and lovable Kendall Valenzuela. I'm so excited, so excited. We are talking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Seattle Seahawks, and the Miami Dolphins in the latest episode of our A Look Inside Team Preview Series. Stay tuned. Hey, and welcome back, everybody. Hi, how are Hello. you? I'm Josh Hudson. To my, let's see, is this my left? Okay, yeah, I got to get these screens figured out here. I don't I don't do this very often. Hosting is not my jam. I'm telling you that right now. I don't know how Joe and Ryan do this for filling in, but Kendall, you have way more experience doing this, but no, not really. welcome, everybody. Excited. <laughs> welcome. Fresh off frozen. of uh, the latest Fantasy Life Serious XM radio show. Yes. Miss yes. Kendall Valenzuela. Kendall, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Can you hear I'm me? I'm so good, okay, good that Jake just said, screw all y'all. We're out. Yeah, Jake's like, <laughs> Jake's like I hate this already. For old I'm time's out. sake on this show, I had to <laughs> oh, have Oh, you had to get it out of the way you did it for yourself. Disruption. Is that it, Jake? <laughs> I got it out of the way early. Fingers crossed. <laughs> That's incredible. If you're new like, to Jake's No Pun talking. Intended, Jake Trowbridge is a very frequent guest, and we like to have a little bit of fun. Just by kicking him out of the show every once in a while because his uh, his Wi-Fi likes to act up on numerous occasions. It's true. It's that true. Wisconsin life, you know? Yeah, I can't really blame it on the Wi-Fi anymore. I think it's more of a me problem than the Wi-Fi problem. But it's nice to have a scapegoat. It's technical difficulties up here, right, Drake? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, as mentioned in the intro, this is once again our A Look Inside Team Preview Series. We will be covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Kendall's Seattle Seahawks, and the always electric and super fast Miami Dolphins because holy crap, that team is on some serious speed. So let's kick it off first with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Last year, 8-9, and nine, easily one of the worst playoff teams we've seen in a very long time winning a trash division and yet they somehow managed to hang on to their head coach Todd Bowles but they did bring in a new offensive coordinator Dave Cannellis the former quarterback coach of the Seattle Seahawks Kennel I hope I pronounced that last name correctly yeah. Cannellis Cannellis yeah Cannellis I think Canales? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah you got you got it <laughs> we'll figure something out that's fine but the QB1 in this offense as of now I guess uh Baker Mayfield QB2 of note Kyle Trask, they're going to have quite the training camp battle for whoever gets to sling some passes to the dynamic duo of Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, the wide receivers 1A and 1B on this team. Um, Rashad White, the second-year player out of Arizona State, the presumed RB1. You could argue who the RB2 is, Chase Edmonds or Keyshawn Vaughn. 
I don't think it really matters because I feel like they're probably bringing in a camp body to take over that RB2 role because all of those guys kind of small at the running back position. Mm -hmm. Just throwing that out there. Tight end one, Kate Otten, wide receiver three, Russell Gage. So let's just get into it. Are Buccaneers my guys? And I love that, uh, well, apparently Jake is yeah, truly Jake, Jake does not issues. want Jake does not want to do it today. I don't know how many hints I have to give you guys that I don't want to talk about this team before we just get on board. My goodness. Jake said not today. I'm done. Yeah, not today, right? Just not today at all. All right, so um, our books, my guys, Jake and I went with the wide receiver duo playing a little uh, roundabout here. So we're going to start with Kendall. Aside from the the collegiate alliances here at Arizona State, why do we like Rashad White heading into the 2023 fantasy? Yeah, yeah. You know, I looked at yours and Jake's, my guys, and I was like, man, can I change mine? I was trying to be different. I was trying to be trendy. I was trying to be Hey, we like different around here. It's cool. (laughs) I was like, like, damn, they've got, uh, yeah, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, of course. Of course, I will say Rashad White is someone, when I say he's a my guy, I'm like, this is a bad, this is bad. This is bad. This is not ideal. This is not an ideal situation. So when I say he's a my guy, I am absolutely not saying go out of your way to draft Rashad White. But I do think when I look at the Rashad White situation, uh, like objectively between, you know, him and, uh, you know, Fournette last year, they were both, you know, not not incredible running backs. But the way I look at it with this team specifically is, you know, the fantasy value. And in the reality, there's like there's nothing else there. The, the, the value that he has with no one behind him, especially right now, and all the quotes he has coming out, like, this is my team, this is what I'm going to do. Um, he has a lot of value there because, and they could end up signing someone, right? They could, there's a lot of free agent names still out there that, you know, we talked about today on Sirius XM. Um, but with them not adding any huge names yet, I think that when you look at the backfield and you say, okay, if Rashad White's there or if he's fallen past ADP, he is someone that I do click on from time to time over at Underdog. But other than that, it's pretty gross. Um, so I'm not saying go and uh, spend all your draft capital on him, but I do think with the situation where the running backs are right now on that team, um, I kind of like him. Yeah, I mean, there's, again, like you mentioned, not a lot of competition. I mean, his underdog ADP right now that I'm pulling up, RB26. Yeah, Like, it's not even like he's expensive. So, for somebody that, as of this moment right now, is slated to get the lion's share of the carries, I don't hate it. I really don't. Jake, any thoughts on Rashad White? It's just a volume play, and sometimes you have to take the volume play, and it doesn't feel great all the time. But Leonard Fournette, I I was off on Fournette last year, the year before, almost in perpetuity. And I shouldn't have been because the volume was predicted to be great for him, and that's the same situation that we're getting this year. So I get what you're saying, kind of like it's not necessarily going to feel great, but it's a thing that you have to do sometimes to win your fantasy leagues. Exactly. You are not wrong there at all. All right. So I'm, I want to bring this up because we do have this comment here in the chat about Baker Mayfield versus Kyle Trask. So myself, my guy here on this offense, Chris Godwin, Jake's Mike Evans. All right. I'm Jake. Just give me your 30 second elevator pitch. Why Mike Evans? My elevator pitch is I 
believe in talent. And Mike Evans has a ton of it. He's perpetual thousand yard guy every season. I'm not going to bet against the talent just because of the quarterback situation because he's thrived with some not great quarterbacks. He's had Brady the last three years, but before that, it was pretty up and down, but he isn't necessarily up and down week to week, maybe here and there, but season long, he's a perpetual fringe wide receiver, one type of guy, and he's going at a great discount. Okay. My quick take on Chris Godwin, three straight years, targets have gone up three straight years. Yards per reception have gone down. Quarterback room sucks. <laughs> they don't have a great offensive line. So maybe they just want to like not throw the ball deep and dink and dunk it all game. That's Chris Godwin, baby. So give me <laughs> Godwin for a fifth, sixth round pick versus Mike Evans a couple rounds later at this point. So, but I want to do, I do want to bring this up here because again, so much for these wide receivers relies on the quarterback position. Baker Mayfield really regressed over the last couple of years. Kyle Trask, really a complete unknown, but again, wasn't great in, at Florida in college, ended up being a second round pick a couple years ago. He's now heading into year three, having sat behind Tom Brady for a couple years. Kendall, who do you think A, wins the starting job and B, ends up starting the most games? Because I don't think those two questions are mutually exclusive. Yeah, I think, again, this is not fun. This is not an exciting place that you want to be like debating Kyle Trask or Baker Mayfield. But I do end up thinking that it's going to be Baker Mayfield's team going into it. I don't think and I agree with what Jake said. Like you look at Mike Evans, you look at Chris Godwin, you know that Mike Evans is trying to go for Jerry Rice's thousand yard season, uh, you know, you know, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, thousand yard season. Um, so it's just I, I look at both of them and I say this is not good, but I think something good can come out of it. So I'm gonna go with Baker Mayfield. Do I love that? No, but that's what I'm gonna go with. Jake, our fantasy hopes I think rely on yeah. Baker Mayfield, unfortunately, being the guy. And yes, <laughs> I th I agree. I think week one it is him. I don't know how many games he gets to thrive. I don't know how quickly they pull the cord on him if he falters. I hope they give him a somewhat long leash, but I don't think that that's guaranteed. We could ultimately see some back and forth flip-flopping like Jameis Winston and Ryan Fitzpatrick a few years ago in the same offense. So it could be interesting. Yeah, the way I did my projections, I have Baker at nine starts. I have Trask at seven. And I have one random start going to John Wolford. Nice. Because that just feels like this kind of season for the Bucks this year. Like, they, they have a pretty solid defense on paper. I know there's the trade request with Devin White, Levante David, another year older. They added uh, Kalijah Kansi, uh, interior defensive lineman in the first round. Um, you know, they re-signed all their secondary, so they bring back Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean. You still have Antoine Winfield, who's one of the top safeties there. All they need these quarterbacks to do is not screw up. And I feel like both of these guys – it's just kind of in their DNA to screw up. So <laughs> it's just which one will screw up and produce fantasy points while doing so. Exactly. exactly. They can exactly. finish 413. I don't give a shit. Let's throw the football to Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. But at least they have Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, so they could make them look better than they actually are. That's my that's my I'm like, I could see us looking back and being like, oh, this wasn't pretty, but at least they had 
you know, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. So at least there's that. Bonus question. Because we know quarterbacks that struggle tend to rely on the short to intermediate. What kind of season, Kendall, can we expect from second year tight end Kate Otten? Oh, I, you know, I am not, I don't think I, when I look at my best ball exposure and what I've been doing, I don't think I've drafted or even looked at Kate Auden. I think right now, when even I'm as a late round dark, no, throw? no. And I, and I looked at that in my exposure the other day and I was like, this is, I was, I, I was surprised too. I was like, I don't know if I shouldn't be looking more at that because we know that the team never seriously replaced, you know, Gronkowski, OJ Howard, all that stuff. And so you look at Kate Auden and there's no one else, you know, there's no one else on that depth chart. I can't, I couldn't, I believe the and then Payne, what, Payne Durham. So I did look at that and I said, man, I should maybe have a little bit more exposure to this, but I don't, I, it, that's, that's all it would be, right? It would be a late, like last round best ball pick on my roster and nothing more. If you're, if you're picking him up probably any other time besides your last round pick in best ball, it's probably too much, but there could be, there could be something there, right? I mean, people wrote Geno Smith off last year and thinking, okay, nothing's going to, nothing's going to come of this, but, it, but, I, but it's true that they do have my Evans, Chris Godwin, they could make them look better. It's they were the what ninth ranked offensive line last year, and I know that they lost a couple guys, but there is a situation where things can happen. So I think I'm I'm a little bit off on K. Dotton this year, but I'm fully prepared for him to be one of my waiver wire darlings, like early if this tight end situation is as bad as it was in fantasy last year. Any thoughts, Jake? I think he's a tough one because in best ball. I don't think he has the ceiling that other late round tight ends have. Like if it's between him and Jelani Woods in the last round, I get it. They're both basically free, but I'm going to go with Jelani Woods because there's more upside. And in season long in redraft, I don't feel confident believing that anybody outside of those two wide receivers and possibly their running back will get targets. So I don't want to scoop him up and waste a spot on my bench either. So he's kind of one of those untouchables for me right now. Well, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say you're both wrong. Kate Otten to the moon. How about that? So I'll be the contrarian. I'll be the contrarian of the group. So Josh, if anybody has no room to talk about tight ends, it's me. Facts. (laughs) I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I love it. All right. Uh, Joe was kind enough to uh, drop in his sleeper and IDP picks into the show sheet. His sleeper. I, I mean, really, I don't know that you can call him a sleeper, but I feel like this term has kind of been uh, thrown around a little too much, and it's just kind of lost the original meaning of it. But what Mike Evans at wide receiver 36, like, I mean, we've talked about it. It, it just, it, it's low for a guy that's produced, what, eight, nine straight thousand-yard seasons. Uh, you know, we get the quarterback situation, but again, it's hard to bet against that talent. I'm perfectly fine passing on him. That's just me. Uh, but his IDP player of note, and I'm going to read this directly from the show sheet. <laughs> Fuck it. Defensive tackle, Kalijah Kansi. <laughs> oh, no. Is he Aaron Donald? No. Are people saying he is? Yes. Am I excited about it? Yes. Will I regret this pick? Yes. <laughs> Joe's analysis in a nutshell. I absolutely love it. I love Conviction. it. <laughs> I almost wish he was here for that because I feel like it would have been comedy gold. But you know what? I'll take it. All right. So something I like to do with all of our featured guests, I like to kind of cater a section that tailors to what they do best within fantasy analysis. 
And Kendall, you being the social media manager, you like to put together quick little social media videos. So here's your 60-second floor on the Buccaneers. Pick a player, pick a team, however you want to do it. Give us that 60-second pitch. All right. All right. All right. Let's do it. I'm ready. Go. All All right. Here we go. The Buccaneers are going to be freaking awful this year. We get it. Baker Mayfield, not probably not going to be great. Uh, could be good. Kyle Trask, not good. But I'm here to sell you Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. They're two. It's a dynamic duo. Mike Evans is going to get Jerry Rice's consecutive 1,000-yard season mark. He's going to hit that. Chris Godwin is also going to outperform his ADP. I get it that you don't like the Buccaneers, but you should like where Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are going at ADP right now. They're going to continue to be the dynamic duo. I know that Ian Harditz has said, hey, maybe they're going to be the Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf this year. It could happen. So do not, do not go and, and just push them to the side. Make sure that they are on one of your teams this year. I love it. And I love that comparison because, again, the offensive coordinator came from Seattle. He was the quarterback coach with Geno Smith there. So I think there's a lot of room for that comparison. It could be interesting. Well done. All right. And now we move on to Kendall, your Seattle Seahawks. Nine and eight last year. Again, another surprise playoff team. I I think everybody wrote this team off last year, but they were a lot of fun to watch. Same coach, Pete Carroll, same offense, Shane Waldron. QB1, Geno Smith. Weren't saying that two years ago. <laughs> RB1, Ken Walker. Uh, another surprise pick in, in uh, this past NFL draft, RB2, Zach Charbonnet. Wide receiver one, DK Metcalf. Wide receiver 1B, Tyler Lockett. And for shits and giggles, the wide receiver 1C, Jackson <laughs> Smith and Jigba. <laughs> that easily, that, he hasn't even taken a snap yet, and I'm pretty confident in saying that is arguably the best wide receiver trio in the NFL right now. I love that. I, I, Dang. Like, oh, the I Bengals love that. would like a word with you, You're but I won't get into that up. now. It's not the time and place. <laughs> well, that's all right. We'll, we'll have a section for that. Tight end one, Noah Fant. Tight end two, Will Disley. I just wish that they would stop playing tight end roulette because I'm tired of losing. (laughs) Just pick one. Just pick one. That's all I got to say. All right. Seattle Seahawks, my guys. Wow, we're we're all all different again. I love it. Creates for a good debate. All right. Kendall. Geno Smith. Let's hear it. You know, Gino, baby. I, I will preface this by saying, yes, I am biased. And I would put the whole Seattle Seahawks roster as my, my guy, uh, uh, top to bottom, top to bottom. They're my guy. So I'm just going to throw that out there. No, but I do. I do like Gino Smith, especially if we're talking uh best ball right now. Gino Smith is one of my most rostered quarterbacks bias aside because of where he's going in those drafts if you don't get one of those really elite quarterbacks in those first few rounds and you don't want to spend a lot of draft capital on quarterbacks
quarterbacks, I highly recommend going the Geno Smith, even Aaron Rodgers. You can throw it out to Deshaun Watson. Those uh, those guys, Jared Goff, those guys have been really nice to stack with. So Geno Smith for me, especially if I'm getting the DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba kind of stack there, it's been really good and fun for me to be able to do that. So I think Geno Smith, though, when you zoom out, a lot of people want to say that he's not going to be able to perform the same way that he did last year. To me, last season was not a fluke. Last season was just showing what's going to come. Personally, that's what I believe. And nobody posted a higher PFF passing grade or threw more touchdowns on passes thrown 20 plus yards down the field last season. So to me, I think they just added more weapons for him. I love the running back room. I know that uh, in fantasy, we did not like when Zach Charbonnet was picked, but I just think it's uh, really exciting to me. And I think there's no reason to look at Geno Smith and think that he cannot do the same thing again, especially when you look at where DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and JSN are being drafted in in uh, at underdog right now. That's telling me that people believe that they could put up big fantasy numbers, but you have to believe in Geno Smith to be able to do that. So I like him this season. I don't think last season was too much of a fluke, and I'm I'm all in. Jake, any thoughts on Geno? I don't think it's homerism at all because I'm also in <laughs> on Geno Smith. I think that he proved himself. He clearly proved himself to the team, which is the most important factor a lot of the times in, in quarterbacks. Like they, he, he proved himself into another contract with them. So this isn't just like, ah, let's piecemeal it together while we can with respectable quarterback play. And I love what I saw from him as well. And he's such a tremendous value. The fact that he's going around the likes of Russell Wilson is very strange to me in ADP right now. I don't like it. I will take Gino every time in that situation. I'm so glad you brought that up, Jake, because we're going to play a little game. It's Joe's favorite. We, we created this on the show. It's called Would You Rather? Because, you know, everybody does it, right? TM. So yeah, that's exclusive to this show. <laughs> Nobody else has ever done that. Anyway. All right. So speaking of underdog drafts, Right now, Geno Smith is going as the QB 15 off the board. This is a guy that was the QB 5 last year in fantasy football. So we're going to go a little higher and a little lower. And I want to see where you two are ranking Geno and who you are taking him above or behind. So, and, and I say this because there's every year there's always one or two quarterbacks that fall outside of that like consensus top 10, top 12, that by season's end finished it. So this is the opportunity to find that sneaky quarterback value. Maybe it's Geno Smith again. Maybe it's not. Let's find out. Current QB 10. Would you have Tua Tungavailoa or Geno Smith? Kendall. Tua. Jake. I'm going to go against the grain. I would take Geno Smith here. I think that his upside and consistency is better than Tua for this year. Interesting. Interesting. I, too, am going to take Tua. Kendall, we're, we're on the same page there. Yeah, I like yeah. I, right. like Tua. I like Tua. I like Tua. Here, here, here's the wild card for me. Number 11, Anthony Richardson or Geno Smith? Kendall. Uh, I think I'm taking Anthony Richardson here. And I don't know if it's necessarily close. I well, it's kind of close. I'd put them within like three or four picks of each other. But I'm, I am thinking about 
upside and where they're going in drafts. And if there is a chance that Anthony Richardson can be that dual threat, I think Ian likes to call them those, those kind of alien-esque quarterbacks that can do both, that can do it all, and he has the rushing upside and he delivers on the rushing upside, that's going to be huge for me. So I'm going, I'm going Richardson there. Jake, I will go, I'll go Richardson as well, because if I take him in redraft, he has the first couple of weeks and we have an idea. Are you going to live up to your hype and your upside with your rushing? Or if not, I can drop you and I can grab a quarterback, probably, hopefully like Jared Goff to supplant him. Mm -hmm. See, for me, it's the opposite. Because Richardson, I think, is going to end up starting slow and you have the opportunity to get him via waivers, much like last year with Justin Fields. Whereas with Gino, you kind of know what you're getting because he did it last year. If he doesn't repeat, he makes it easier to drop for the upside of somebody like Richardson. I'm going to go Gino here just because, again, the weapons, they just scream it to me. I don't think uh, Richardson is as good of a passer as some people are making it seem that he can get to that level. I think we're probably a year or two away from that. I understand the rushing upside. He's probably going to finish as a top 10 quarterback, but I'm much rather playing the safe game there and taking Gino, especially because we're talking about someone that's outside of that top 12 in that range. Yeah. All right. Dak Prescott at QB 12 or Gino Smith, Kendall. Well, uh, Oh, that's a good one. Oh my God. I'm going to take Gino. I'm so sorry, Cowboys fans. I'm so sorry. Don't be sorry, I feel, Cowboys. I, I know. I just I feel for them. I'm just like, oh, your life is a living hell. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry about your team. I do. I just, I just, I can't, I can't do it anymore. And I, I really do want to see the Cowboys succeed this year, especially. But right now, if you're and you're asking me right now, I think I would take Geno Smith with those weapons around him instead. Jake, this is the easiest one so far to me. This is Geno Smith every time. I know what it's like to have Mike McCarthy run your favorite offense. It's not fun. Don't put yourself in that war path. Stay away. Take Geno. I like it. Oh, that's so funny. I actually, when I was going through and doing my projections, I like I fall into this trap every year with the Cowboys where I find myself over projecting this offense. And damn it, I did it again. Dak <laughs> Prescott right now is my QB6. So I'm going uh, Dak over Gino. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it happens every year, though, with them. And I and I love it, too, because you look at what they – you're like, okay, you've got CeeDee Lamb. Okay, now you've got Brandon Cooks. And now maybe this play calling, I don't know, could be better. Who knows? And then you have Dak Prescott, and it's just uh, – I want it to work so badly. I really do. All right, three more I want to bring up because most of the people that are below Gino, I'm probably taking Gino over. So QB 13, Kirk Cousins or Gino Smith, Kendall. Ooh, I like that. I think I would still take Gino. I think I would still take Gino. I do like, I do love me some Kirk Cousins though. And I do love that stack with J Jeff, another really great best ball stack. If you can get that's really late that you don't have to spend a ton of draft capital on, but I'm going Gino there. Jake. Yeah, I'm going to take Gino as well. Kirk Cousins upside is quarterback 11. Kirk Cousins floor is quarterback 13. You know what you're getting. It's great, but the room, it's like a, it's like a little bunk bed. There's not a lot of wiggle room in there, so I will take Geno Smith. Yeah, I'm going to take Geno as well. QB 14, Daniel Jones 
or Geno Smith? Kendall? This one to me is really, really close. And I think I'm going to go with Daniel Jones. Not in every if I if, if they're in front of me and presented to me the same, if we're drafting it underdog, I'll probably switch each one because, again, they're really great late round quarterbacks that you should probably go get. But I do like the upside that we saw with Daniel Jones. I do think that they might, they might be in line for some regression, and, and that's okay. But I do like him getting a new tight end. Uh, hopefully, the Saquon Barkley situation gives itself uh, a good hand here in the next few weeks. But I, I, w- I think I would go Daniel Jones there. Jake. Yeah, it's so close. This is a literal yeah. coin flip and I would err on the side of safety here. I want to believe Daniel Jones will be great with Darren Waller and that Darren Waller is the missing piece for him, but I can't trust it. So I'm going to go with Gino. <laughs> I too, am going to go with Gino simply because he throws twice as many touchdown passes. <laughs> come on seriously like <laughs> 700 rushing yards is great it doesn't fucking matter if you're not throwing touchdowns <laughs> wait are touchdown passes something that you're interested in josh is that what i'm understanding for your fantasy quarterbacks? get you me into that? the end zone <laughs> okay just making sure <laughs> to be fair i do have them separated by only five fantasy points favoring mm. gino so i do think there's going to be some progression for daniel jones but give me gino in that equation i like it all right one of my favorites here, Geno Smith at QB 15 or Jared Goff at QB 17, Kendall. I'm going, I'm going Geno. And I love, I, again, I love all these late round quarterbacks. I love Jared Goff. Give me Amon Ross St. Brown all day. Give me Jameer Gibbs. Give me all of it. But I'm still, I think I'm going Geno there. Jake. Yeah, this is a pretty easy Geno for me. I don't I don't mind Jared Goff, but it's just he's more of a contingency plan for me in my drafts. I'm just waiting for Jared Goff to remember that he's Jared fucking Goff and the wheels just fall off of the Detroit Lions offense this year. Because (laughs) now, like, look, I'm rooting for him. Like, I'm a huge Dan Campbell fan. Like, I love Hard Knocks last year was so much fun. One of the best ones I've seen in a while. The rah-rah attitude, I love it, but you remove Jamal Williams, who I feel like was the heart and soul of that team. You're you're bringing in so many new pieces, and it's going to take time for this offense to really gel. I, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I see more of a scenario where Jared Goff falls off the wagon than Geno Smith. Mm. I can see my personal not. opinion. I thought and you were going to go one. positive, by the way, initially. You're like, I'm waiting for Jared Goff to remember he's Jared Goff. And then you're like, he sucks. And that's what he's going to remember. Remember, he's bad. Look, when the pressure is on, he scored three points in the Super Bowl. Just remember that, all right? The pressure is on this year, all right? Oh, now, this, just for you, Jake. Geno Smith at QB 15 or Aaron Rodgers at QB 16? Kendall. Gino. I'm going Gino there. I love the idea of Aaron Rodgers and I do love the idea of the Jets this season, but give me, give me Gino. As much as it pains me to say this, I actually think Aaron Rodgers is going to be good this year in that offense. When I look at Mike White's and Joe Flacco's numbers from last season in the Jets offense, I'm like, all right, I I guess this guy can probably do good things. Yeah, Um, but remember, it's a different offensive scheme now. That's true. That's Daniel Hackett. And Aaron Rodgers will ensure they run half as many plays as they could because he's waiting until the last second to get that snap off. Uh, I will go with Geno Smith here, but I could see a world where they finish close together. 
I agree. I'm with you. I'm giving Gino in this one. All right, Jake, I'm going to let you chime in a little bit on Zach Charbonnet because I feel like the theme of your picks has been take the cheaper option. And then I saw who you picked for Dolphins and I was like, all right, well, I can't make fun of him for being cheap. So give me the elevator pitch on Zach Charbonnet. (laughs) Got to get it in now, which by the way, it's true. I'm cheap. But when I look at a position on a team that has a lot of question marks, it is my strategy to just say, I don't know what's going to happen. Give me the more valued guy. Give me the discount on them. That's what's happening here, but to a much more extreme extent. It's not even a my guy so much as a my handcuff with Zach Charbonnet, because we know the Seahawks track record. Anytime that a featured running back steps in here, they are fantastic. In fact, I look back over the last five running backs they featured, you know, last year with Kenneth Walker, Rashad Penny, Chris Carson, miss you, buddy. Uh, Even Alex Collins, these guys all averaged when they were given the feature role, 18 to 19 carries. And they had, if they had the pass catching chops, we're getting a decent amount of that workload. And we know that Charbonnet does have pass catching chops. So he's either a great elite handcuff or he could steal some third down work as well. I, yeah, I don't hate it. My my biggest issue really with the Seattle offense is they just really, I, I'm curious to see if they alter their philosophy a little bit and actually start using more of a two back setup versus that, you know, 18 to 19 touches plus for the lead guy and scraps for the second guy, because at that point, you're just looking at Kenneth Walker saying, that's my dude, and I'm getting him at RB16. Cha-ching! Like, that's value right there, in my opinion. So, uh, I'll real quick on DK Metcalf. They they turned this guy into a possession receiver last year. His lowest yards per reception, but he had the most targets in his career, the most receptions in his career. You add a third elite weapon in the passing game, he can easily get back to double digit touchdowns and his route running is so incredibly underrated. I want that depressed value because of the addition of JSN. Give me all the DK Metcalf in 2023 quickly, Joe sleeper, another wide receiver. We hadn't really talked about yet. Tyler Lockett currently going as wide receiver 33. It, it, the price is being depressed because of the arrival of JSN. So many people feel like they're kind of similar in terms of play style. JSN being the shiny new toy, Tyler Lockett going to be 31 this year. It's only a matter of time. I don't, maybe the wheels don't fall off on Tyler Lockett. Price points, price points good. I don't hate it. And of course, (laughs) his forever IDP player, Bobby Wagner, coming home to Seattle. He likes to make note. He will have 225 tackles, 15 sacks, two defensive touchdowns, and go out as one of the best (laughs) linebackers of all time. I love it. No way this actually happened, but he's willing to put money on him being the LB1 this year. And you know what? I'll agree. He was great even last year with the Rams. So by all means. All right, Kendall. Social media pitch time. All right. All right. Here we go. Let me uh, let me just uh, loosen up there. All right. Tyler. I'm doing again. Tyler Lockett is severely underrated. Again, I don't know why we keep doing this year after year after year after year after year. We can go down from 2018 all the way up to 2023. 2021, ADP was wide receiver 19. He finished wide receiver 16. 2022, ADP wide receiver 38. 
finished wide receiver 13. His ADP right now, wide receiver 32. And you know what he's going to do again? He's going to finish in one of the top as one of the top in the positions. I'm not going to say top 10, but he's going to finish ahead of ADP. So stu- stop. Stop underrating Tyler Lockett. We love Tyler Lockett. He's going to come out even with JSN out there, even with DK Metcalf. You still have to give it to him that he's going to play extremely well this season, and you should probably go out and start drafting him. Love it. Absolutely. Facts. Yeah, we love Tyler Lockett. All right. Tyler Lock is the Tom Brady of wide receivers. Yeah. We're just going to keep writing them <laughs> oh, off. Man, if we get 15 more years of Tyler Lockett, sign me the hell. <laughs> oh, baby. That guy protects himself yeah. from tackles like no other wide receiver. It could happen. He's awesome. Oh, man. I still remember those, uh, the AWS commercials when they were talking, like that one end zone catch that he had. There was like a four and a half percent chance that it, that catch is completed or whatever that was. Oh, fucking gold. Such a good dude. All right. Down south to South Beach and the track team that is the Miami Dolphins. Last year's record, 9-8. and eight, Same head coach, Mike McDaniel. Same offense, Mike McDaniel. And, oh, my goodness, does this team have some speed demons. Tua Tungavailoa, QB1. Solid backup plan in QB2 with Mike White, the gunslinger himself. I don't know what to make of uh, this RB room. So we did A, B, and C, and then a mystery D, which is Dalvin Cook, because apparently he's probably headed there. but. They have Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson Jr., Devon A-Chain, the third-round rookie out of Texas A&M, who I believe ran the fastest 40 time among uh, all running backs at the Combine. And then, of course, the, the the real dynamic duo at wide receiver. Wide receiver 1, Tyreek Hill. Wide receiver 1B, Jalen Waddell. Tight end 1, it doesn't freaking matter. People, they're not throwing <laughs> to the tight end when they have all everybody else to go to. All right, Kendall, let's start with your Dolphins, my guy. And I'm curious if this pick changes. Tell me about Devon Chain. Ooh, it could. That's the thing. This could completely change. You could tell me that Dalvin Cook signs there tonight, and I'd, I'd be like, hey, let's uh, scrap this whole segment that we did because Devin <laughs> Chain is not my guy anymore. But I like looking at this running back room. Again, someone who is going pretty later in drafts. I won't say pretty late. But I do like looking at this backfield and kind of trying to figure out what's going to happen here because you've got A-Chain, you've got Jeff Wilson, you've got Raheem Mostert, right? And you talked about the speed. I love his straight line speed is insane. They have to have the fastest like RB one wide receiver one wide receiver two in the whole league. And so I think that the full time role is there for a chain to win. But I do think that's like the key, right? He's going to have to go out there and prove that he can do it and kind of grasp it himself. And I think the bigger question looking at this running back group, especially is his size is a little bit different, right? I think they listed him at the combine five, nine, like one, one ninety or even one, one eighty five or something like that. Um, so if he's big enough to hit, ha- to handle that kind of more every down role will be a question, but I like him a lot in this group. And when you look at the guys that I listed uh, for when you're down the depth chart with Jeff Wilson, and Raheem Mostert, I think it's totally in play for him to win that starting role. If they sign Dalvin Cook, X out this whole thing. It's completely not true, but I still think he would be a good late-round dart, a good late-round guy to say, hey, this is going to be my uh, next-man-up mentality kind of pick. But, uh, yeah, if Dalvin Cook goes there, then never mind. So one of my pre-draft opinions on A-Chain was, and I know his player comp, I believe, on Player Profiler is Leon Washington. 
And that's really what I saw with him. Yeah. He's a kick returner. That's that's his role. And I feel like he shot up rookie draft boards simply because he got the draft capital. How many times have we seen teams spend a second or third round pick on a player just to return kicks, whether it's kick returns or punt returns? Special teams is still valuable. It's a real life NFL skill that does not necessarily translate to fantasy. You can, I can physically see any scenario where Devon A-Chain takes like 20 handoffs all year. That's it. And this backfield is strictly Mostert and or Jeff Wilson. Now, Mostert, I believe, is going to be 32 or 33. And he was their lead kick returner last year, which again, kind of makes you think that maybe they're priming A-Chain to take that role so that they can focus Mostert on the running back room. You re-sign Wilson. These are all smaller backs. They're like between mm-hmm. one, uh, uh, A-Chain, I believe, is 188 or 185, like you said, Kendall. Uh, Wilson and Mostert are between like 190 and 198, I believe. Like, they're not big backs at all. They're speed guys. So they're not mm-hmm. going to be 300-touch backs. They're going to rotate this entire room. But it just, it again, Mostert has the injury history. Wilson has the injury history. So, Jake, I'm curious to get your thoughts because obviously we know how Kendall feels about A-Chain. Where do you think that this running back room settles on or is it just going to be musical chairs and Russian roulette every week? I'm nervous that's what it's going to be. And because of that, I let my cheapness take over in these situations. And I say, whose ADP is lowest come redraft time is probably going to be Jeff Wilson. But I'm probably going to be disappointed regardless of what I do with this. My ideal version would be let A-Chain actually do his thing because he's so... not Nothing against the other two. Nothing against Mostert, who is the oldest of old men at the running back position. And nothing against Jeff Wilson, who was great, mostly because he didn't get touched until like 10 yards after his run started last season. So I think A-Chain has the, the best upside of any of this group, but I could see myself being disappointed with any of them, barring injury. If one of these guys gets injured, it's like, oh, great. We know who the guy is and we're all going to celebrate having a featured dude. <laughs> Well, this is how I know, Jake, that you've been on this show before, because every show, every week, every day here at Club Fantasy, it is Jeff Wilson Jr. season. <laughs> he is a Club Fantasy favorite. We love him. So good answer, buddy. <laughs> Just the mere mention of Jeff there you Wilson. Go, Jake. I knew what to do. I understand. All right. So, time. Jake, you're you're my guy. For once, you're you're paying up. I like it. Tell me why you're paying up for Tyreek Hill. My entire roster can't be 10th and 11th round picks. I eventually got to take sure somebody about that? in those first spots. <laughs> so I felt like I had to put Tyreek Hill here. And the only reason why, honestly, I wanted to differentiate, differ, differentiate myself, if I can say that word, from you. So I said Tyreek Hill, I honestly think, has as good of an argument as anybody else to be the wide receiver one. Barring whatever circumstances happen the rest of this offseason with the uh, allegations coming out and all that stuff. But from pure fantasy volume, plus what we saw him do last year, which was hit every career high, basically, that he possibly could with Mike McDaniel in targets, in receptions, in receiving yards, in target share. Like it was just Tyreek Hill being Tyreek Hill. 
And it's kind of crazy that he improved after leaving Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs for fantasy. But another year in this offense, I think, compared to Justin Jefferson, who has a little competition added via the uh, rookie draft and some of these other guys, I think he could almost be the safest bet of anybody. All right, Kendall, tell me who you would prefer, Hill or Waddle. Take the ADP out of the argument. The, oh, now, remember yes. when third-year breakouts used to be a thing and Jalen Waddle is now <laughs> heading into year three in the NFL? Uh, yeah, no, give me uh, give me Tyreek Hill all day without ADP, too. I'm so, it's, just, it's just what I have to do. But I like them both. Again, these are my guys where I'm like, why the hell did I pick Devin A-Chain when I could have just <laughs> – Freaking said Tyree killing Jalen Waddle. What am I doing? Why am I trying to be different? No, go with Tyree killing Jalen Waddle all day. Fine, I'll be the contrarian. Give me Jalen Waddle. Damn, averaged almost night over 19 yards per reception last year. Again, if if Tua Tungavailoa is healthy all year, there is a scenario where both of these guys see over 150 targets because they don't really throw to the slot. They don't have a tight end worth note at all. They are the offense. And the yeah. running backs are strictly complimentary at this point. Move the chains, whatever. It's it's Hill and it's Waddle. We could be going back to like those greatest show on turf days with the Rams or like Peyton Manning's Colts where you see two guys from the same team in the top five. Hill and Waddle are that good. So even at wide receiver 11 or whatever his current ADP is, I will take all of Jalen Waddle in the second, third round right now. Would you draft both? Would you legitimately? Because there are offenses on occasion throughout the history of fantasy where it's like you could roster both wide receivers in redraft and you would be psyched about it. Would you this actually do one, that? Yeah, this is one of the the years and two of the players that I would 100% do that, especially because the ADP lines up to make that happen. I'm all about it. No issue doing it in best ball either. Like, yeah. get, give me the give me the quadruple stack. All for it. Like, <laughs> I, want, I, I want this track team on all my teams. <laughs> give me Chosen Anderson to boot, just, just so right. I can make a well, point. I draw the line at Chosen Anderson, oh. right? <laughs> it's good you have limits. <laughs> Got to test those, Josh. <laughs> All right, Joe Sleeper and IDP picks, as as mentioned, club fantasy favorite here. Plus, he's also contractually obligated by family law, as his brother Gianni is the one that typically runs in our chat with Jeff Wilson season. Wide, or excuse me, running back 58 right now, Jeff Wilson, going 20 picks after Devon A. Chain. So, yeah, if you're bargain bin shopping like cheapo Jake down there, <laughs> go get yourself some Jeff Wilson Jr., baby. <laughs> oh, man. And He's his the IDP player. Of beans that you can get for 10 cents at checkout, and you got to take them. <laughs> that doesn't get you all excited about Jeff Wilson. I don't know what will. Oh, I love it. I love it. All right, his IDP player of note. Jalen Phillips, defensive end. I believe he's heading into his third year as well. Um, <clears throat> out of the University of Miami. Love me some Jalen Phillips. But this is now going to be a full year playing opposite the uh, recently acquired Bradley Chubb, who was acquired midseason last year. Uh, seven of his 25 QB hits came against divisional opponents. He played six games against the Bills, the Patriots, and the Jets. 
all of whom have suspect offensive lines. I mean, if you're in sack-heavy leagues, I think Jalen Phillips might be your guy in IDP leagues. All right. Last one, Kendall. 60 right. seconds. Here we let's go. Let's get the I, social media pitch. Yeah, I don't know which route you're it. taking here. I know. But I'm just, but I'm I, for you, it. you know me, and I like to stay positive. You're like, you could tell us to not draft someone or to draft someone, and I'd rather be positive and try and manifest, and that's what I'm doing here. Let's I'm do trying it. to manifest a really nice Tua Tungavailoa year, and that's what I'm going to tell you. I'm trying to manifest it. I like him around QB12 in rankings because ultimately, to me, a bet on Tua Tungavailoa is kind of looking at it as a bet with a uh, with a bet with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle because I think those two on your team you look at it and you look at the speed and what they have around him he just needs to stay healthy and that is not something that we can predict at all so you want to go into this season thinking okay he's going to have a nice healthy year it's going to be another year under this offense and so I really like him I'm hoping there is no regression I'm hoping there is nothing that comes back to haunt us in the year of 2023 please injury gods don't do it to us but I'm taking the bet on Tyreek Hill and Jalen and Waddle, and my bet is that Tua Tagovailoa is going to be a okay this season. So don't go and draft him way too early. Kind of wait for him. He's falling past ADP in a lot of these drafts. So wait around for him. Get a good stack and get a really good fantasy team while you're at it. I'm all. I'm here for it. I have one super flex dynasty league with Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown, Tua Tagovailoa, and Jalen Waddle. Nice. Give me some stacks, baby. I'm all nice. about it. Let's rock and roll. Is this and the Josh it. gets to brag about his fans? No, because freaking Ryan still found a way to beat me in the damn championship in that league. I'm pissed. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you air your hubris out here for the world. Oh, you yeah. Well, I've got I've to carry the, the, the humility on this show because Joe and Ryan aren't here to do it. So <laughs> I got to act out of character. <laughs> fair it's a tough job Uh, you're not kidding you're not kidding all right and that's a wrap folks i tried to get the show done a little early today because jake was so gracious enough to make an appearance even though he's got to record his uh his podcast and if you have not seen drinking and talking fantasy with him and dusty you 1000 percent should do that go subscribe to their youtube page and check them out because as you saw by this show jake is freaking hilarious and he knows his stuff when he wants to that's okay so, Kendall, thank you so much. Appreciate you. Tell everybody where they can find you, everything you're working on, and stuff that's upcoming. Yeah, yeah. You can find Jake and I at MB Fantasy Life. So make sure you go and, uh, you know, just follow us on all our social media accounts. Subscribe to the newsletter, fantasylife.com, to go and do that. We've got the new Best Ball Hub, which is live. Uh, that's completely free that you can go and do it. And uh, yeah, give us a follow at Jake Trowbridge, at KBalanceWayo17. You know, we, we like the follow button. So, and then SiriusXM. Five days a week, uh, noon to two, noon to two Eastern. That's a new one that I have to remember now. Noon to two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to remember I'm doing that. Fantastic. Yes. Make sure you're following Kendall. Make sure you're following Jake. MB Fantasy Life. Their newsletter is fantastic. Make sure you subscribe to that. And it is 100% free. Cannot yeah. get anything better than that. Yeah. A look inside. Full swing. As you can see by all of these shows, we are marching through our team previews um we've got write-ups on the website currently from mike um about mike evans and kenneth walker we have two tongue of iloa dropping on friday so make sure you're following all of the club fantasy socials at club fantasy ffl the url club fantasy ffl.com all kinds of shows this week we did two 
mock draft shows, mock it like it's hot. We did one Monday morning covering best ball. We did a Scott Fishbowl draft on Tuesday. We also have uh, her story in the making every other Tuesday night. It's our one of our women of fantasy shows where we partner with Fantasy Alarm, broadcasting on Better Sports Network, uh, hosted by Britt Flynn. Just recently had Shannon Blunt, one of the producers with uh, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports. It was a very fun episode. Who's Your Caddy, our golf DFS uh, show from Women of Fantasy and Kelly Singh. Uh, took a took a week off this week, but we're, we'll be back next week. And then our Dynasty show, Dynasty After Party, Sundays at 8 p.m. Eastern time for Kendall, for Jake, for myself. You can follow all of us on the socials at kvalenzuela17, at Jake Trowbridge, at the One Hudsonian, Club Fantasy FFL, and ClubFantasyFFL.com. Always remember, defense wins championships, offense wins fantasy football. We'll see you all next week.